Hello, this is Do Go On. I'm Matt Stewart. And I'm Taran Jayamana. And uh, we're in Sydney. And uh, we're about to be in Brisbane. And we're doing live shows. They're called Dry Dryer. And also, who knew with Matt Stewart in both those cities? And you can get details at mattstewartcomedy.com. Anything else you want to tell the good listeners that do go on, Saran? Well, the whole point of this was you thought that it might be more engaging if you had a different voice. But you've said most of the information. So, hey, come see us in Sydney and Brisbane. Yeah, that was engaging. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. This week's episode of Do Go On is brought to you by the fact we are doing a show in Sydney, not this Saturday, but the Saturday after, Saturday, September the 21st at Giant Dwarf Theatre in Redfern. Tickets are on sale right now at dogoonpod.com. You can also come to our show in Perth, Sunday, November 3rd at the Comedy Lounge. Yeah, be there. This show is also brought to you by Razzle Dazzle, Jess and Matt's show at the Melbourne Fringe starting tomorrow night, go for eight nights. We're in, we're out, we're bing, we're bang, bada bing, bada boom. <laughs> now on with the show. I used to work in sales, I think it's pretty clear. <laughs> Hello and welcome to another episode of Do Go On. My name is Dave Warnke and I'm sitting here with Matt Stewart, Jess Perkins and myself. Oh, you're sitting here with yourself. You're sitting Look, with I yourself. started a list and I stopped I and should have stopped after two. Yeah. And you know the comedy rule of three. That's right. And it was hilarious. I follow rules. I follow every rule except that things should be funny. Can I quickly <laughs> just say something from the heart? No. Okay. Matt, get... leave being vulnerable and authentic That'd to okay. me. That is your thing. But uh, this is about you. I wanted to welcome you into the 200 Club. Thank you so much. Yes, thank you. 200 great episodes. That's just... from my heart to you. Thank you. To my heart as well? Yeah, heart to heart. Oh. Aww. Two strong hearts beating together, together like honey in the bee. You and me. Mm. Now, I don't want to interrupt this beautiful, what was going on there, whatever that was. John Farnham. That was John Farnham. How dare you? Uh, whatever that was. Um, <laughs> zoned out for a second. Of course it did. But I'm zoning back in to bring some good news to the podcast. Yes. I love good news. Um, I don't know if you're aware of this, but I'm not sitting here with just Matt Stewart and Jess Perkins anymore. I'm now sitting here with Baron... Von Matt Stewart <gasps> and Count Jess Perkins <gasps> of Sealand. Yes! I am here we to tell it. you and the good people that listen to this show that last month I entered a competition called the uh, Search for Australia's Gourmet Pie Guy. 
run by a bakery chain here called Brumbies, and basically you had to tell them why you you should be voted the gourmet pie guy, put a photo up, and then people vote for you. And this whole month, I've been doing quite well. A lot of people voted for me. Appreciate that so much. But I was always third. Yes. Could never reel in two other gentlemen that had thousands and thousands of more votes than I did. Which yeah. is crazy. They didn't even have podcasts. No, they... And they <laughs> <laughs> literally, didn't make any sense. <laughs> like, how a, do you... You don't know that many people. Yeah, the the person who had the most votes was 16,000. You don't know that many people. No. If you had that many Facebook He ran friends, a good campaign. Yes. Yeah, well, okay. did he? was on the hustings. Because I got a call on Friday from Brumbies themselves telling me that I have won yes! the competition. Yes! Thank you so much. Uh, You're the pie guy. Thank you. They spent a week with their IT department uh, taking away any what they classified as fraudulent votes. They didn't say what that meant. Right. But they said after the fraudulent votes were taken away, I had the most votes. A lot of those were cast in Florida. Is that a US politics joke that you don't quite get? Well, I got it. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Can you explain it then? Because I didn't. When, uh, when Bush won the second election... <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, there were anomalies in Florida, and people wanted there to be uh, like a, a recount. A recount. They wanted them to go through those votes, but uh, there was a bit of political, the sort of like courtroom mumbo jumbo, right? Mm-hmm. Malarkey, which I am assuming will happen to me. This all this all happened a while ago. I'm going off pretty vague memories oh, of an old Bush. brain. Was that a while ago? Was it? George yeah. was senior. You remember you? <laughs> everyone remembers their kindergarten president. <laughs> But Dave, you won. <laughs> it was honestly the most surprising phone call of my entire life. Uh, so, what about the time you won that uh, Taco Bell? Taco uh, Bell. Taco Bell. The, when I tri- won the trip to Mexico, <laughs> yeah, that was also. Cool. You've lived a blessed life. <laughs> no, he just enters the competitions. You've got to be in them to win them. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. So one of my friends. You've got is to like enter your silver spoon into your mouth to win <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah. One of my friends like that too. She wins so much stuff because she enters like every competition. Is she one of those friends where you you wouldn't swap lives with them? I mean, she's my friend's sister. To she's be fair. Si- she's I sitting there cutting friend. out coupons all day. Yeah, get a friend. Get a life. Talk, look at your sister. She's got friends. Me. Yeah, and I'm cool. Yeah, Dave. You are cool. Think about it. Am I cool? Get some friends. I'd rather have uh, the prizes, the sweet, <laughs> sweet prizes. The prizes uh, will be my friends. <laughs> thanks to everyone that voted me genuinely. I am surprised by it. Thank you so much. Appreciate your support, Jess and Matt. I will be getting you those titles from Sealand. If you so have no exciting. idea what we're talking about, listen to the Sealand episode. One of my yes. favourite episodes we've had for a long time. I love, love that episode. And uh, also, I feel I'm a bit surprised by winning. So I've won $10,000. <laughs> I will be donating some money to charity. Whoa. I feel a bit a guilty. A pie charity? No, I've decided to uh, donate some money to uh, the Fred Hollows Foundation. Ah, the eye charity. Fantastic, that's right. Restoring yeah. eyesight around the world. And also uh, Medicine Sands Frontiers, which oh, is yes. MSF, Doctors Without Borders is yes. the English name for that yeah. one. Yeah, so. And would you be donating to your friends and colleagues? Yes, I'll be donating two titles and two pies. Hmm. Great. I can't wait. I think I'm going to go on apple pie in... Gary, Indiana. Can you send me there? I want flights, yeah. <laughs> accommodation. Pies. Yeah, absolutely. I um I and unlimited pies. <laughs> is that. that is it just a cash prize, or do you get like pies for a year? I as don't well get any. Pi- no, sadly, it is just. So what's the it cash. got to do with pies? Well, it's. I don't know. I assume they think I'll spend the cash on pies, which uh, honestly, a lot of it will be spent on pies. No, my pledge was that I would fly to Africa to eat a pie there because it's uh, my where dream. Gonna, where are you going to find a pie? Well, it's my dream to eat a pie on every a continent. Tiger in Africa. <laughs> Something a bit like that. I'm going to start. You know how you guys get a, uh, a Simpsons reference in every episode? I'm going to start getting Monty Python references. No, there's, I can't be bothered doing oh, that. Oh, that's pretty good. 
Like well, a, that, that was my a, first one. And a pretty good source because they have so many situations. So you can probably, exactly. like The Simpsons, they've covered so much ground. Exactly. I reckon you could do it. All right. All right. Well, that's my pie-related news. Anyone else have any pie-related news? Um, No. No, no. No pie-related news. Oh, I just made a shepherd's pie just before this. <laughs> what? Yeah. And Pie in the Sky reruns are happening on uh, UK TV. So, so there you go. We did out. have we did have pie news. I'm assuming UK TV is a real channel, and <laughs> that those reruns will be happening. Yes. All righty then, Dave. Shall... Let's start the bloody show. Mm. Let's start the pod now, Jess. If people haven't heard the show before, what are we about to do? What we're about to do is what we do every week and have done for four-ish years. And, and that is, we take turns reporting on a topic usually suggested by a listener, and we present it to you and to the other two, who are, in this case, Matt and Jess. And Dave is going to do a report, and he's going to get us onto the topic with a question. All right, guys, question I think I nailed time. That, that was mm, really good. First thing. Can we just chop that out and put it in all episodes? Yeah, now? copy and yeah. paste. Yeah. Fantastic. All right, question for you. Clap, clap. Oh, it's not a clapper. Anyway. I looked at the light. Um, Why do you want it to turn off? Well, because it's a spooky... That's not a spooky topic. Hotting after dark. Here we go. Before the atomic bombs were dropped in World War II, Mm. what was the largest man-made explosion in history? Mm. Oh, dear. Have you seen this one pop up in the hat at all? No. So well, I don't know what it is yet, so I don't know how yeah, to answer it's hard, that. It's hard, it's hard for me to know. Oh, it's the something explosion. Okay, the uh, pants explosion. <laughs> mm-hmm. Was it pants explosion? <laughs> yeah, euphoria in my pants explosion. <laughs> Catchy. Uh, mm, no, I, I the something explosion. Yeah, the John Blue, John Spencer Blues explosion. <laughs> Can you start to say it slowly and I'll yeah. figure it out? Okay, yeah, here we go. Here okay. we go. <clears throat> okay. The the Halo Halo explosion. FBI. I got it. I'm afraid the first person to say it in its entirety was Matt. He the you know why I said that? Because I knew if I'd gone with you, Matt couldn't give a shit. But I went with Matt because I'll get a reaction out of you. Well played. Fuck you. So today I'm going to tell you about the Halifax explosion. Now I've said it. Have you heard of that or seen it in the hat at all? No. It's been suggested by a few people. All I know is. Here we go. This is so irrelevant. One time when we're out on roadshow driving incredibly long distances in Western Australia, we were playing a game where I had to try and guess everyone's middle name. There's four people in the car, myself included, already knew that one, sorry to brag. And so I had to guess everyone else's middle names. And I uh, eventually, after a very long time, found out that Guy Montgomery's middle names, uh, he's Guy Alexander Halifax Montgomery. Really? Did you get Halifax or did he have to tell No, I got Alexander, but then he- fancy man. He's a fancy man. He's a fancy man. Halifax. Yeah, and then he gave me a few clues and we got to Halifax. There was a crime show in Australia called Halifax PI or Halifax something with uh, the the mum from Pack to the Rafters, maybe in the yeah. 90s. I can't quite think of what it was, but it was Halifax something. What does Halifax mean? It's just a name. As far as I'm aware, I didn't look huh. into the uh, huh. etymology I think it's of also it. a place. Yeah. Well, Whoa. So, oh, sorry. <laughs> Halifax is 
the place where this happened, and ah. that is in oh. Canada. This is a Canadian topic. Ah, Canada. Which we will get to in a second. But first of all, a shout-out to the people that suggested this, including Kayla M. Hodkowitz from Tom's River, New Jersey. New Jersey. Eric Wire from Ontario, Canada. Bryson Sullivan from Urbana, Illinois, USA. Nate Price, also from Illinois, this time St. Joseph. Fraser Green from New Glasgow in Canada. And finally, Kelly Murray, who is from Halifax itself. There you go. Suggested by a local. There's a few suggestions. Yeah, Yeah, thanks to all those people. Appreciate that. And if you want to suggest a topic, you can do that at any time on our website, dogoonpod.com, and you click suggest a topic. This is that interesting point of the episode where we don't know if this is a horrific tragedy or not. Yeah. Is it? Let's all guess. (laughs) I'm going to say no, just based on Dave's temperament tonight. I'm going to say yes, just for a point of difference. Well, your point of difference gets you the point. Uh, Yay! It's a horrible one. It's awful. <laughs> I said a, a horrific. Is that, would you say an horrific? Mm. I think but I would say a hotel, not an hotel. Mm, yeah, it's tough. Mm, I think HO. Feels like one of those ones where either should be fine. Yeah. Stop jumping down. An horrific sounds a bit <laughs> yeah. weird. Oh, no. Sorry about that, Matt. <laughs> Sorry. I hate to get pedantic. All right, so um, the Halifax explosion, yes, it is the largest man-made explosion until the atomic bombs were dropped in World War Two, and it's a big one. Yeah, well, they were they were big. They were very, very big. So let's do this. Halifax, for those that don't know, was located on the very far east of Canada and is the provincial capital of Nova Scotia. Ah. And east is right. If you're looking at a map. <laughs> Nova Scotia, of course, meaning New Scotia. Yes. My goodness, I didn't realise we had a linguistics mm. professor here. Yeah, I am. And a geography ba- professor. Thank Baroness, you, I'm here. <laughs> Baroness von Linguistenstein <laughs> is my new name. Middle name and hotel. <laughs> uh, it's a port city based around one of the deepest harbours in the world and it has a strong maritime history. In the 18th century, Nova Scotia was one of the British Empire's most important and powerful naval bases in all of North America. But then in the late 18th century... The city took a real economic hit when its factories were superseded by those in central Canada. The British le- British Navy left in 1905 and the population dwindled for a time. But Halifax was put back on the map after World War I broke out. Yay! Yeah. <laughs> Finally, a reason for us to exist again. <laughs> War! Canada quickly invested in Halifax, developing its harbour and waterfront and built a new military hospital. It became quite strategic for the Allies, being the closest major port to Europe, and many ships stopped there or dropped wounded soldiers off to recover before getting supplies and heading back to the European theatres of war. Because of this, the economy and the population of Halifax greatly increased as it became one of the busiest ports in all of North America during this time. I had no idea about any of this. Probably Hmm. couldn't have pointed uh, Halifax on a map, but now I can. Furthest east. Just to the right. Yeah, yeah, just to the If you look at Canada... Um, you you look to the right of the middle, and it'll be around there, I reckon. Yeah, that is spot on. Yep. Couldn't have said it better myself. Thank you. Um, I've got here written, so Nova Scotia juts out east into the Atlantic Ocean. Yeah. East being right, if you're looking. Yeah, but if you're you're looking like smack bang in the middle of the Atlantic Ocean, then you actually need to go left. Yeah, you've you've missed it. (laughs) Yeah, if you're wet, you're gone too far. Do a (laughs) U-turn. If you're you're wet, you've gone too far. (laughs) That's beautiful. 
I mean, that I've been able to use that phrase in, in you know, many different scenarios. Like? Was, well, they were mainly, you know. Boating. Pe- boating and uh, wharfing, which is when you walk on wharfs. Yes. You can walk on wharfs, can't walk on water. Puppy always told him that to me. Puppy? Yeah. Do you have a talking dog? I got a talking dog. I got a talking dog. I should have brought that up before now. I felt like it was big news at the time and it slipped me mind. No, nah, it's because Dave stole the limelight with, oh, I want all this money. Oh, yeah, pie boy. Yeah. Pipey over there. Puppy, Puppy over, over here. here. Popeye. Poopy here. Yeah, yeah, I've got diarrhea. Yeah. Puppy on the sheets. Puppy in the sheets. I was going to say, well, using the toilet, if, you've, if you're wet, you've gone too far. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Into the bowl. Falling in, bro. Yeah. <laughs> Call for help. Does that ever happen to you, little Dave? <laughs> oh, yeah. Feet touching your chin. Yeah. Oh, no, it's happened again. <laughs> this is going to get worse before it gets any better. Puppy, <laughs> come and talk me out of this. <laughs> I know you don't have any opposable thumbs, but could you maybe make a call? So we're looking at the map. It's on the right. It just says, <laughs> The Halifax Harbour is built around a little bay called the Bedford Basin, which is connected to the open ocean by a thin passage called the Narrows, which generally is very narrow. It's only about 500 metres or 1,500 feet across. Ooh. So to get into the harbour, you have to travel along this thin passage before it opens up at the end. Imagine like a lollipop, if you will. Got <laughs> it. You drive along the stick and then you get to the big lollipop. Mm. Sugary bit at the end. What flavour? Strawberry. Yeah, good choice. Thank you. Like the strawberries and cream. We're talking chocolate chips, aren't we? Yeah, but not strawberries and cream. Hate that one. Do you? I hate it too. I'm fruit over creams any day. Yeah, I like the ones that lollipops that are like uh, glossy. Oh, that makes sense. I but, don't like the glossy ones. But I, I, I like d- the see-throughy ones. Yeah, sorry, that's what I'm talking about. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. But not the not the opaque ones. Yeah, and I hate my. The one that always used to come up as a kid, they'd be like, everyone, if you got a lollipop or whatever, they somehow would always get chalk banana. No yeah. good. Oh, the dud. The, the worst flavor. Yeah. In, in, I, oh. Like real ice cream, I'd be happy with chalk banana. Yeah, but in but the in, lollipop. No. no. Number so one, lemon. Number two, strawberry for me. Mm, I'd flip keep, those, but they're still keep, great. Keep it fruity. <laughs> <laughs> keep it fruity. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Um, so we're in a ship traveling along the lollipop. Because of the tight passage and the many, many ships that needed to, needed to travel through it, some rules were set up and ships had to stay in their lane. Heading into the harbour, they stayed on the eastern side of that starboard side of the channel. What's that? Right-hand the right-hand side. side. The right-hand side. And on the way back out, they stuck to the west. Basically, keep in the right lane. Pretty yeah. simple stuff. But ships didn't always do this. Oh, no. And that brings us to today's story. What a cowboys on the sea. Oh, yeah. Yeah. They got to they got to reel it in. Yeah. It's bloody wild west out here <laughs> in the east. <laughs> yeah. Stick east. And on the way back out, you can go west. It's the wild east out here. It's not the same ring. No. It's the alliteration that's good. Yeah. Mm. It's the evil east. That's great. Evil east. That's yeah. good. Yeah. <laughs> the evil witch. No. Wicked witch. That's better. Better. Now we're getting it. Thank you. <laughs> the SS Emo. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Emo? Spelled I-M-O, but I have heard it pronounced Emo. 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 Mm. <laughs> it's got bangs. <laughs> Shut up, Mom. <laughs> got a broody hull. <laughs> <laughs> I want to swap the poop deck. <laughs> swap your own poop deck, Mom. <laughs> We swapping poop decks this era? Swabbing? Yeah. I mean, 
Every ship has a poop deck. Yeah. You want to clean that thing? Yeah. I still don't remember what a poop deck is. Come on. Or what its purpose is. Just no dumb questions, please. <laughs> That's literally my purpose here. <laughs> Is dumb. You're the everyman. <laughs> yeah. I thought I was the everyman. I've got two everyman <laughs> asking dumb questions. <laughs> Just let me get the facts out, all right? Poop deck. Yes. Uh, in summary, I don't know. Uh, the SS. <laughs> the SS emo. Three everyman. <laughs> <laughs> we need to get an expert in. Yeah. Oh, I'd love that. Uh, the SS emo was a Norwegian ship that had sailed from the Netherlands and had stopped on. Uh, stopped at Halifax on its way to New York, where it would pick up war supplies to be taken to Belgium. It was a long and narrow ship. Imagine a lollipop, if you know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 430 feet long, 40 feet, 45 feet wide. So not very wide. She had a crew of 39 on board and was captained by Hacken from. Hacken. Oh, fantastic name. H-A-A-K-O-N. Harken, maybe? Hacken. Hacken from. Which I like. 45 feet wide. And 430 feet long. That's 45 foot long subs. Oh, by? <laughs> by four. Roughly 500 foot long subs. <laughs> Rounding up? Yeah. Yeah. I forgot the number. <laughs> just to let you know, just to give just to give that. Yeah, I think it helps people visualise. Yeah, yeah, it helps, yeah. especially in Australia when we don't use feet for, for anything except foot long subs. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, time. what? How big is it? I still don't know. Are there anything else we do? Height. But height and basketball rings. Yeah. I know that's 10 foot. That's Is it? Cool. <laughs> 10 foot long subs. <laughs> uh, the emo arrived in Halifax Harbour on December the 3rd, 1917. A good year. And stayed two days for inspections and to also pick up some supplies. She was delayed in leaving because the coal used to power her arrived late. I like that ships are ladies. Yeah, I like it. Yeah, why Why is that? I don't know, but it's nice for us to finally have something. You get something. You know? Yeah. Back then, now we have everything. Yeah. Now, if anything, we have too much power. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. But back then. Don't you yearn for the patriarchy? Oh, I miss it. I just want to be able to stay inside. Yeah. I have to go outside. I gotta go earn money. And I, I'm pretty happy. I'm. I love being a stay-at-home stay man. <laughs> just get to stay at home. It's weird that we get paid for that now, but you we are just good stay at, at home. <laughs> get an hourly rate. I was like, I'll pop out for a walk. Well, we're docking you. Yeah. Also, love that you paused. I'm almost too embarrassed to call yourself a man. Yeah, I'm like, that stay at home. Feel right, <laughs> man. I guess that's what I am. Yeah. I don't. I still don't like. Being called a woman. I'm like, ew, what? You were just singing, you were. Oh, I didn't write that song. Okay. Mm, I did. And Dave feels comfortable calling me a woman. Anyway, sorry, the ship was delayed. It arrived on December the 3rd, but it was ready for departure on December the 5th. Yes. Meanwhile, pause that thought. There's a long, uh, long, thin ship ready to go. Meanwhile, coming into. Long, thin ship ready to go. Down that narrow lollipop. But remember, Uh... if you're wet, you've gone too far. That's all I gotta say. (laughs) Meanwhile, coming into the bay on that very same day was a French cargo ship. Coming into the bay on the very same day. A French cargo ship (laughs) named the Mont Blanc. Oh, Oh, that that ruined it. Oh, we, we. The ship captain. Gone too far. (laughs) 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 Uh, The ship was captained by Amy. Le Medic. Oh, which or is French for? Or Imi. The Medic. Oh. Oh, my God. That's true. Yeah. I'll just put it into Google Translate here, and that's true. Yeah. Thank you so much. I speak multi-languages. <laughs> multi-languages? En français. 
Uh, the SS Mont Blanc, uh, as I will hereby refer to it as, had come from Brooklyn and was going to join a convoy White to Europe. Mountain. Pardon? What? White Mountain. Is that actually true, that one? That feels right. Oh, right. Do you reckon? What? Mont Blanc. Oh, my oh. God. I, I thought he meant Brooklyn. I had no fucking idea what he was talking about. I thought you meant Brooklyn. I was like, you must know that Yeah. One. Brooklyn yep. means a small brook. <laughs> but Mont Blanc, White Mountain. Sure. It was a theme park in, in France in the in the 1600s. A theme park in the 1600s? Yeah. Woo, we're going to Mont Blanc. <laughs> Woo. 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 Guillotine simulator. Woo. Woo. Chop me chop me head off and let it roll down the slide. Woo. Woo. And somebody else has to catch it. <laughs> All right, guys. That was the next century. All right. Let's just fact check. All right. <laughs> and anyway, uh, she's come from Brooklyn, was going to uh, join a convoy to Europe. She was, uh, she's been described as a slow-moving, quote, <laughs> common tramp steamer. That's me. Slow-moving. Slow-moving and a common, common tramp. Common tramp. And a steamer. And a steamer. <laughs> it's another word for a hot shit. <laughs> Let's not forget, Jess, if you, if I'm you, a slow-moving hot wet, shit. If your word has gone too far. <laughs> what? Don't shame me. I know who I am, and I am a slow-moving hot shit. <laughs> Goddamn right you are. Uh, this ship was carrying a different kind of cargo. Oh, can we guess? What do you reckon? <laughs> oh, cows. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, people. Prisoners. So this is the French one? Yep. Uh, on, the, on the way in this prisoners. one. Prisoners. Uh, uh, so what do, what do they need potatoes. to take to Canada? Oh, what does Canada need? What do they need? Guns. Where do we want them? Now. <laughs> now. So the guns are going back to Europe. So what are they bringing back? Empty guns? Empty guns for re-gunning. Gun- in its ship, or in its hold rather, the ship carried 2,925 2, metric tons of explosives. Explosives, oh. explosives I'm guessing. 2,925, 2, which is equal, exactly equal to one shit tonne. Of explosives. Uh, metric shit ton, yes. The uh, explosives included 62 metric tons of gun cotton, 250 tons of TNT, 2,367 tons of the highly flammable, highly poisonous picric acid, and 246 tons of high octane benzol, which were stored in 2,000 barrels crown, uh, crammed on the deck of the ship. I'm, on the deck. I. I now remember this is an explosive episode, and um, oh yeah, I didn't think of that. <laughs> you were like, explosions. I don't know. The cows weren't going to ignite, were they? Maybe. Oh, they the are methane. very flammable gases. Yeah. What? What was my guess? Empty, empty, guns. empty, empty ammunition. Guns. That's pretty explosive. Yeah. Well, also I on said board, prisoners. Oh, yeah. I fucked it. Also on board was 300 rounds of ammunition for the vessel's defensive guns. All this stuff was very explosive and destined for the French war effort. Basically, it was a giant floating bomb. I wouldn't feel comfortable on that boat. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I'd say, uh, refund on my ticket, please. This is not the cruise I signed up (laughs) for. Where's the pool? All I see is a lot of acid. Where's the pool? And then you flick your cigarette butt behind you. (laughs) I'm going to take a different boat. (laughs) (laughs) Good day. (laughs) Oh, is that an explosion? Yeah. That's a good sound. That was the beginning of it. You're dead. You don't hear the big part. Oh, (laughs) if a boat explodes but you're already dead, does it bang? Oh, you, you must bang. Uh, but 
almost you, you say that people you wouldn't want to be on the ship, but almost no one knew of the deadly contents of the ship was carrying. Only a couple of local officers and the crew. But apart from that, no one else knew what the ship had on board. Before the war, they would have flown a red flag that let people know that they had explosives on board and that people should stay clear or act cautiously around it. But during wartime, this made yeah. them a target for submarine attacks. So ships started to try and go under the radar. But why are they... Okay, so a submarine can see them, can see the flag. So why are you flying a flag underneath your boat? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Think about it, Dave. You said something pretty stupid then. Thanks for calling him out on that, Jess. Thank you so much. I like that they're undercover. I would like to think that their undercover thing is just a big ice cream cone paint on the sign and the Mr. Whippy sound. <laughs> we are just a big old ice cream ship. Like side to side eye movements of yeah. the cabin. Huh? Huh? The whole, whole time. You want a double scoop? Uh, we're all out of that flavour. <laughs> We've only got acid left. <laughs> High octane. It was also because of enemy German submarines or U-boats that the Mont Blanc wasn't able to make it into the harbour as planned. They arrived late on December the 5th and the port was closed for the night as an anti-submarine net placed at the entrance of the bay was up. Uh, okay. Literally, it was so literally held like it was a chain net to stop the submarines going in at night. such a deep... It was, you were saying it was a deep port. Yeah, it's super, super deep. Super deep. So they could sneak in at, uh, under nightfall. So they had to wait until the next day on, on board the ship. So we have the SS Emo inside the bay preparing to leave and the SS Mont Blanc laden with explosives preparing to enter the bay. Both of them have been delayed, so both want to get in or out as soon as they can. Oh, dear. They're in a rush. Never oh. rush. Oh, dear. These Never disasters rush. always start with someone being a bit rushy. <laughs> You know what I mean? I, yeah. yeah. They're either rushy or a little bit grabby. Yeah. Hmm? Just. And when you're both. Oh, ugh. my God. No one's enjoying that. No. You're a nightmare. You're grabbing in a rush. Yeah. Like, buddy, no one's enjoying this. <laughs> no. Come on. Like, think through your grabbing, yeah. you know? It's not a race, mate. Come on. Come on. Come on. Uh, the next morning, December the 6th, 1917. Both ships resumed their journeys. Each had a local experienced pilot on board. I don't know if you know about this. Pilots are local experts who take control of the ships to guide them through treacherous waters. Uh, yeah, Dave, we know. <laughs> Matt, I didn't know that. All right. Shh. Okay. Yeah, Dave. So, so in, Duh. In, in Melbourne, because Port Phillip Bay is actually quite treacherous, especially the opening, the rip, They uh, they have the pilot boat comes out, and the way we do it is a little boat will come out Drive alongside a big boat, and then they'll go up the like the cargo ship, and for that just that little bit, because the pilot's an expert on the area, they'll steer the ship for a bit, because they know every little channel. They're an expert on the area, so that's what these guys what are a doing. Nerd. Who are these? Me or them? Pilots. Oh yeah, they're uh, real nerds. Um, let me show you how to steer your <laughs> boat. You'd be like, uh, I built this boat <laughs> with my bare hair. built. They build their own boat. Right? You got to build your yeah, own boat. Yeah, he, uh, the pilot boat, of course, helped Noah. From Noah's Ark, steering yeah, ship to safety. Like, um, uh, I built this boat. I captured all these zebras, two of them to be specific. So, <laughs> all of them. Yeah. All two of them. Uh, grammar Nazi, technically, you should have said both, not all. All right. <laughs> Looking at you, Matt. Come on. Yeah, no, you're right. I just yeah. feel like these pilots have got a real, um, actually, tone about them. But That's they still all. wear aviator glasses. Yeah, all the time. And they call each other Ace and Mongoose. Because <laughs> <laughs> they get a little bit wrong. <laughs> 
Yeah, Dave. Ace and mongoose. Mongoose. I hope mongoose pilots my boat. Oh, it's the sound of a mongoose. Wow. I guess. Uh, the email was piloted by William Hayes, a.k.a. Ace. Willie well, Hayes. Whilst Willie Hayes. the Mont Blanc had uh, Francis Mackey at the helm, a.k.a. Mongoose. Frankie Mac. Couple and of great names. Uh, a Frankie, couple of big nerds. <laughs> Frankie Mac on the Mont Blanc, an experienced pilot who at that point had had a 24-year accident-free record. Oh, that feels weird that you note that. At that point. I, I mean, at that point. I mean, it's still... That's a great record. To this day, could be still could be, yeah, unbeaten. Does he? Was he up that morning changing the sign over? Yeah, twenty four years. Twenty four years without an accident. That's as long as I've been alive. I'm trying to pass for twenty four. Oh, that's smart. Nice one. Do you reckon I can? Yeah. He just puts up a sign that says twenty four years without causing the largest explosion ever. (laughs) Oh, today's my lucky day. See you, Marion. <laughs> I'm off to work. I reckon I've gone. Long, I've gone 29 years without causing the largest man-made explosion in history. Yeah. Well, that's you've beaten this record. And I've had some diarrhea. Well, the largest woman-made explosion. Ah, <laughs> oh, okay. Hey, you, you want you the record? You just gave up your 24-year age pretty quickly as well. <laughs> Give it. Yeah. In name of a record. Yeah. Yeah. In name of the truth. Okay. Uh, journalist, after all, by trade. Mm. Mackie, our 24-year veteran, had reportedly been cautious about the explosive cargo on board when he found out what was on, you know, what he was piloting. And uh, he even inquired about getting a special escort to guide the boat. So this guy sounds like he's switched on. Mm. He was ignored. Oh. Oops, oops, oops. Uh, the Emo, which is uh, the one leaving, took off at a speed above the heart. I'm leaving. <laughs> What's the Emo? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, That's funny. Thank you. <laughs> well, it took off uh, at a speed above the harbour limit to try and make up for lost time. So they're speeding. I mean, you're already two days behind. You think speeding out of the harbour is going to save you? You know? Yeah. Wait till you're out in the open save sea. Save you a couple of minutes. Mm. On its way out of the bay, the Emo first met the SS Clara, an American steamer that was on the wrong side of the bay. Classic Clara. So the two captains agreed to both stay left and pass each other the wrong way. The worst thing you want to see when you're trying to leave the Halifax Bay is a big old steamer <laughs> floating there, bobbing in the ocean. In your lane. Oh, yuck. That's not nice. Just going for a swim. Yeah. So they've, uh, they've gone round each other in the wrong, wrong lanes. But before the emo could get back into its proper lane, its crew spotted a tugboat up ahead called the Stella Maris. That was pulling along two ships. Tugboats, w- where you masturbate. <laughs> How? Look at the poop tech in the tugboat. Now I don't want to ask this Steamers, question. Steamers, everything in this is poop related, it's which not... is your least favourite. I know. It just feels like <laughs> the naval world was semen, everything about <laughs> yeah. the ocean. Oh, the Dunny Dungeon. You've got to be more mature for this stuff than we are. Yeah. Yeah, Can't handle that's it. That's not our brand. That's the first test if you're ready for the open yeah. ocean. How yeah. on earth? Do tugboats work? They're so little. Mm. It's like when you see a man pulling a train. Yeah, it is like that, which is how trains start. (laughs) And you think, he's so little. (laughs) How do they work? How do they work? They just have a sweet engine. How are they so strong? Sweet Mm. engine. You already answered the question. (laughs) Kind of wanted it to remain a mystery forever. Yeah. I mean, I'm guessing here. I'm not an expert. I don't know what a poop deck is. (laughs) Yeah, true. But they're just like they're comparatively so little and they're like, don't worry, I'll get you out of here. I'm a little tugboat, tug, tug. You're picturing a cartoon, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah. 
Why? Does your tugboat have a face? Obviously. Do they all do? Do they all have little faces? No, I'm asking you because I am. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining the little boat that I used to play with in the bath as yeah, a child. Yeah. Is that not what they look like? I'm imagining that, only it's animated and yeah. it's smiling. And his name's Tugger. Like, oh, come on. And he's like super happy and then they're like, all right, Tugger, you got to go get a boat. And he's like, oh, all right, I'm going to do it. <laughs> I think my tugboat's smoking a pipe. Okay. Is that okay? Yeah, that's Is that allowed. I mean, yeah, it's allowed. It's, oh. not, it's not okay. Not good for it. No. <laughs> anyway, just imagining little tugboats. Well, so what's happened here is the emo has gone around the SS Clara. It's trying to get back into the right-hand lane, but then the tugboat's in the right-hand lane, oh. even further across. To avoid hitting it into the in the narrow section of the channel, the emo had to veer even further to its left and even further into what is supposed to be the oncoming lane. Uh, so if you imagine if this was a car, they're now fully on the wrong side wait, of the road. Wait, so the tugboat was also on the wrong side? Yeah. Right, okay. Meaning the, the, uh, the emo had to be like, all right. I got to go first. Yeah, okay. It feels like they're being set up, right? It feels like they're they're trying to line up an explosion here. Well, here come the explosives. <laughs> Meanwhile, the Mont Blanc, the ship with all the explosives, had just entered the harbour at this point. It was in the correct lane, staying right, but it was now directly in the path of the oncoming Emo. The two ships spotted each other when they were three quarters of a mile or about 1.2 kilometres apart. Mackie, our 24-year that veteran. feels like so much... Space to avoid each other. Mm. Mackie, who was piloting the incoming Mont Blanc uh, that was in the correct lane, blasted on his ship's horn a signal to the emo that it should get back in its lane. But the emo fired back with two blasts, a toot toot, indicating that they had no intention of moving. Oh, my God. You dumb shit. Why? So the Mont Blanc slowed down along the edge of the thin channel and again blasted its horn, asking the emo to yield and to move. Oh, my God. The emo again responded with a double toot-toot. Why? Saying, I will not move. You've go. got no reason <laughs> not to. The emo saying, go round, go round. <laughs> but it's like driving on the wrong side of the road and being like, nah, fuck you. And nah, <laughs> no, fuck you. you. A toot-toot. Is it? A no-toot-you. <laughs> it wasn't like there wasn't any confusion like a... They were from a different place where they'd be on the other side or something. Well, they're both no, being piloted. No, they're both being piloted by right. experts oh, in this so area. The, yeah, the, so the pilot, it's yeah. his job. So the pilot's been like, well, I had to go into the wrong lane because of these other two ships. Now you just go around is what, sort of what's no, happening. No, just get back in the right fucking lane. I'm guessing he still can't because the tugboat's still there or something? Uh, no, uh, they just got closer and closer. And as it became apparent that they were going to collide... At one of the last possible moments, the Mont Blanc attempted to steer around the emo. That's the one that knows it's explosive. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, the emo also tried to avoid collision by attempting to blast its engines into reverse. So at the last possible second, they both went, oh, shit, I've got to do something. So stubborn. So they played chicken with they each other and chicken, both lost. And they're about to both lose because this just meant by putting it into reverse, that just meant that it swung around in front of the Mont Blanc that was trying to go around it. So it right, basically even... pushed itself in the path of it. The two ships collided and ran along they're each other. They're kind of doing that, that classic awkward thing in the street. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. they both moved right. Yeah. They both moved right. They collided and ran along each other at 8.45 a.m. They didn't hit hard, but they more they just scraped alongside each other. Excuse me. Which, if you remember, is basically what happened with the iceberg and the Titanic. True, and that wasn't good, if I remember correctly. That did not go well. It was one of my first reports. But that was a slow leak. Surely a slow leak doesn't lead to an ignition of ammunition. Well, historian 
Roger Masters told the Washington Post in an article that I'll link to, quote, in maritime terms, what happened was a fender bender. Yeah. It was it was only the character of the cargo that made it what it was. So if they'd been two normal ships, they both would have swapped details, probably sworn at each other, and everything would have been fine. That's so dumb. But the force of even a minor collision made the benzol in the barrels on the top deck of the Mont Blanc topple over, pouring flammable liquid all over the deck. Then the grinding metal hulls showered the benzol with sparks, igniting the Mont Blanc's forward deck. And then everything else possible on that ship is explosive. Yeah, so they've just just lit a fuse, basically. They were also transporting fireworks. (laughs) Get out of my head. That's true, I'm sorry. And also, gonna say fireworks. Letters to Santa. (laughs) So sorry, Tim. Why? There'll be no little truck this year. That was so unnecessarily bleak, Dave. Also, Santa. The letters weren't flammable, were they? (laughs) Yes, and Santa was on board. Why? Why was he there? His his beard's very flammable. Kids, always write your letters to Santa on non-flammable paper. Just text him. Yeah. (laughs) Email if you want to go old school. Santa at Santa.com. Yeah. He'll get it. (laughs) He's based in Australia for legal reasons. Yeah. (laughs) It's a cheap. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. This show is brought to you by BetterHelp. I gotta get something off my chest. Okay. I ate. Your last biscuit. I was that saving has been, them for my wedding. That has been stress. <laughs> that has been stressing me out. I'm so sorry. I feel a lot better to get that off my chest. You know, keeping things bottled up can affect people negatively, and that had been affecting me. And that feel that's a weight off my shoulder. Yeah. it was delicious. I'm not sorry, but I did take the last biscuit he, that he was saving for his wedding. I didn't know that. <laughs> That is upsetting to hear, but I think I'm going to have to get some uh, positive coping skills, learn to set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you could give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, so it's very convenient. It's flexible. You can fit it around your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist. You too can get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com D-G-O today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash D-G-O. So flames and smoke started to billow on the deck and many spectators gathered on the shore to watch the ship burn. Remember that uh, only the crew knew what the cargo was. The people on the shore had no idea that they were watching what is metaphorically the world's largest stick of dynamite. They're all going, oh, ship's on fire. This is interesting. I wonder what's happening here. And the crew... Jumping overboard. Well, the crew, yeah, the crew on board because they know what it is. Immediately recognise how dangerous it was, and uh, everyone around them is in such danger. So the captain ordered them to abandon ship. They jumped into lifeboats and rowed like crazy to shore. Pro- oh. Probably set a world record. And they made it. They made it. Oh, that's so good. Once ashore, they tried to shout warnings to locals, but the crew only spoke French. 
According to the Washington Post, very few people in Halifax spoke French at this time, so their warnings essentially fell on deaf ears. Listen to the tone. Yeah, yeah I reckon you can tell from gestures and their panicked looks. Yeah. Like, I should probably um, follow them if they're running. But what about the other ship? Have they also abandoned ship? Or are they like, ah, uh, go round? <laughs> no, so they've, they, the emus attempted to move forward towards the ocean because it can't move backwards into port at this point. So it's started to float away. Floating away. Also not knowing that the other shit that they've run into is full of explosives. The uh, the Mont Blanc itself continued to burn and floated along now abandoned. And eventually it crashed into a pier and breached itself. So it was stuck on a pier. And then everyone's watching. Oh, look, the pier's on fire as well. This is pretty crazy. Lots of spectators gathering on the shore to watch the fire ravage the ship. Oh, I mean, you forget this is pre-TV. Yeah. Oh, let's go watch a fire. Let's watch what's up here on it's fire. It's like in Chernobyl. Did you see the mini the series at no. all? There's a when it, the fire first starts, people just sort of gather on a nearby bridge to watch it because the it oh. lights up the sky. I reckon it's so interesting. I would watch it. Yeah. Oh, at work, a um, oh, true. wind blew a flag on top of a French restaurant off the top of the second story, and it landed on the car in front of it. We watched for about twenty minutes, waiting for the person to come back. <laughs> it was just, it was just a, you know, and then oh. police arrived. No one was injured, yeah. but then you know, firefighters they might came. Have thought their car was getting a French state funeral. <laughs> yeah, because the flag is just on. The... It was yeah, a lot of damage. Was... Oh yeah, that was the most interesting part. This windscreen was smashed in oh. by a flag. By a flag, yeah. Well, I mean, the full pole. Okay. <laughs> not the, I mean, you do not mess with the French. They do not muck around. Wow. All right, but back to the fire. The fire burnt for just under 20 minutes. And then at 9.04 and 35 seconds, the inevitable happened. The ship exploded. Whoa. But again, no fireworks, right? No fireworks. So it wasn't even no. a pretty explosion. Well, it was a big explosion. Yeah, but it doesn't make it pretty. To be honest, the force of the explosion is hard to imagine and just as hard for me to describe, but I'm going to try. The ship immediately completely disintegrated and a blast wave radiated away from the explosion at more than 1,500 metres or nearly 5,000 feet per second, pushed by a shock wave that is the equivalent of nearly 3,000 tonnes of TNT expanding. It smashed through the earth at 23 times the speed of sound. Whoa. <laughs> it just, whatever was close by, it just went. Poof. Wait, does that include people? I'm afraid so. Oh. The heat... They just fell over, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. The heat of the explosion was more than 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit or 5,000 degrees Celsius. What? It was at that. How? As I said at the top of the episode, it was at that time the largest man-made explosion of all time would only be beaten by the atomic bombs dropped on Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Whoa. Uh, the pressure was immense and the explosion pushed a fireball of hot gas and debris into the sky, sucking up shrapnel and debris that then rained down across the city. This is how this blew my mind. A half-ton part of the Mont Blanc's anchor landed 3.2 kilometres away. Holy oh. shit. A ton of metal was blasted through. And stuff K. like that, some of that debris is like flaming, isn't it? So oh, is that absolutely. starting fires elsewhere? Oh, yes. There was a lot of fires after this. Windows wow. were reportedly shattered over 50 miles away. What? It is unbelievable. An area How of- many kilometres is that? Oh, let me answer that. I know it's pretty far. Almost 
<laughs> Dave, do you know the answer? Wait, 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 wait. No, I'm not get it. 80. Wait, wait, wait. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> How many? It was 50, 50 kilometers? 50 miles. 50 miles. Okay. Yes. Okay. So that's. My guess is 85. Damn it. It was his guess. You well, I'm wrong. It's eighty point five. So you are closer than I am. Yes. Well done. I was thinking because one point six ish kilometers is a mile. Right. So fifty. Anyway, whatever. Eighty kilometers away, windows broke. And an area of holy shit. An area of one hundred and sixty hectares was completely destroyed by the explosion. Whoa. Then there came a tsunami. Oh. Of course. The powerful shockwave forced the water to surge. Actually, the water around it was actually vaporized because it was so hot. Which is Of course, because it was like 5,000. Yeah, cent- it's crazy to see water just gone because it's so hot. But then the powerful shockwave forced the water to surge approximately 18 meters or 60 feet above the usual high water mark. So as high as it ever gets, it was 18 meters on top of that. And the wave smashed three blocks into the city. More than 1,600 buildings were destroyed by the wave alone and this further scattered debris. And this is because the emo <laughs> wouldn't get out wouldn't move back to where it was supposed to be. Just one guy. One guy whose whole job was to get those ships in and out safely. He went, no, you go around me. No, no you know what? Tooting. A toot toot. A toot toot oh. to you. And then this happened. The damage was frankly unbelievable. Every building within a 2.6 kilometer or 1.6 mile radius, which is over 12,000 in total, were destroyed or badly damaged by either the blast itself, the tsunami, or the fires that started and quickly spread across the city. And you'd have no idea. You'd have no idea what was happening out there. Just all of a sudden, gone. Bang. And the casualties, I'm afraid to say, were immense. Possibly the most we've ever had on this show. Approximately 1,600 people died instantly in the explosion and a further 9,000 were wounded. 300 of those would later die. So nearly 2,000 people lost their lives because of this explosion, which is equivalent to 20% of the entire city being injured or killed at that time. Shit. So one in five people. It's incredible. It's like just unbelievable. But it was so avoidable. (laughs) It's so frustrating. Do you know what I mean? Like, you, you went into the details, um, not to compare to Chernobyl again, but, like, that was probably avoidable and there was, right? There was lots was of different... very avoidable. Very avo- yeah. avoidable. Yeah, yeah, they but took there's... out the safety rods. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, never mind. <laughs> but I think nearly always these accidents are very avoidable. That's what we've learned yeah, on the show yeah. a bit. It's so just it, like a bunch of just things. A, it's a happen- chain going, yeah. this happened, then this Like, both of them... And just one of these things. Like, yeah. just one of those two had to yield... Or even as simple as if one had uh, the Mont Blanc had arrived earlier in the day, it wouldn't have been locked yeah. out of the harbour, so it would so that never be in that position. Yeah. Or if the barrels with the liquid explosives were better fastened, that a bump wouldn't knock them over and spill them. Yeah, yeah. Or, or maybe they weren't on the top. Maybe there would be a smarter way of stacking it so that they're yeah. at the bottom. Or, or if they had that flag that said, "I've got explosives," the email might have gone, "All right, there's explosives. I'm not going to." Yeah, muck when, especially like this. when they're in. New, they arrive at the neutral. Yeah. So when you're in the harbour, so imagine that captain of that's gone. Oh, this is just some annoying. St- Steamer. I'm not getting yeah. out of the way of a steamer. Go round. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, it had a bomb on board, basically. Unbelievably, the casualties could have been even worse if it wasn't for a quick thinking, an extremely brave railway dispatcher named Vince Coleman. 
Coleman was stationed just 230 metres from the pier where the burning Mont Blanc came to rest. A sailor, believed to have been sent ashore by a naval officer, warned Coleman and a colleague of the Mont Blanc's cargo of uh, high explosives. So he knew about it. At first, Coleman and his colleague fled because they're like, oh, shit, we've got to get out of here. But then he remembered that a train full of passengers was due to arrive any minute. So he ran back to his post all alone and began sending out distress messages telling drivers to avoid the area. The Maritime Museum of the Atlantic reports his last message as being, quote, Hold up the train. Ammunition ship afire in harbour making for Pier 6 and will explode. Guess this will be my last message. Goodbye, boys. Oh, my God. Yeah. Crazy last words. Oh Wait, is he also God. doing that through Morse code, by the way? Goodbye, boys. Because that is a long message. Because that's the thing. If you had radios and the ships could talk to each other. Sorry, Jess. I know, but it's just like it's crazy. Toot toot. Fuck you. <laughs> that's all. Vince Coleman was sadly killed in the blast, but his bravery and quick thinking is credited with saving over 300 lives. Wow. wow. His heroism is still remembered today by Heligonians or Heligonians. That's what people from Halifax are called. Cool word, right? Yeah. Heligonian. I'd be a Halifaxian. That is such a badass thing. So many people, I imagine, you'd be like, oh, I'm about to die. I can't think of anything else. He goes, I can save these people's lives. And then he has basically says cheerio at yeah, the end. Cheerio. Yeah, Goodbye, boys. What a mad dog. That's amazing. Uh, he was inducted into the Canadian Railway Hall of Fame in 2004. Oh. He also released a single, so that was the... <laughs> <laughs> and um, a, uh, a Halifax ferry was named after him in 2018. So he's still a local hero. Oh, that's, that's very nice. Sick. That's cool. So that was some, you know, tragic but also her- heroic news. Yeah. Holy moly. Uh, the, good th- quick thinking. The cleanup for the city was long and hard with over 6,000 people being left homeless by the blast. Long and hard. <laughs> I'd only written long here, but I added it in hard. Sorry. Just imagine it's like a lollipop. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the cities, hospitals and morgues were overrun, many bodies being quite difficult to identify. I did read some articles describe some pretty gruesome stuff, which you can probably I'll leave to your imagination. I won't include in here, but yeah, people were very badly injured and bodies were very badly disfigured. Wow. News of the explosion uh, quickly spread and doctors and nurses came from across Canada and the United States uh, to help. One of the most common injuries was to the eyes, which were affected by the blast and also the flying glass because oh. 50 miles of glass going everywhere. Shit. Most people are just sitting about doing their own day. If you're anywhere near a window, you've got glass everywhere. Yeah. Thousands reported these eye injuries and I read um, that 39 people never regained their sight, which is awful. If only one more had. You hear an explosion <laughs> from the outside of your house as well. You you. Look to it. Yeah. You go, what? You I know, yeah, you don't cover your face, do you? Yeah. But to be fair, I think it was moving faster than the speed of sound, so you wouldn't even hear it first. If wow. that makes you feel any better. It doesn't? Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, advancements. I don't know how to please you. <laughs> well, one minor positive was advancements were made in many types of emergency medicines with the medical facilities forced to adapt to care for thousands of the wound, of wounded at once. Yeah, shit. So they had to improvise a bit and actually medical science. They came up with penicillin? Yes. Marie Curie was there. She was there. Marie Curie was there. Inventor of pellet. I still don't know least, what she did. She invented penicillin. Yeah. At least then to go on canon. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> kayfabe. Yeah. In the to go on kayfabe. <laughs> Uh, governments from around the world sent in aid with Britain, China, and New Zealand all chipping in. 
Australia, notably. Yeah. Didn't help out. Wasn't mentioned on the It doesn't mean we didn't. That's from all of us. Yeah, New yeah. Zealand did well. That yeah, that's us too. Us. Yeah. yeah we're, we're basically the same. We also like Britain. Uh, in today's money, the damage bill uh, came to about half a billion US dollars. The, the cleanup. Because, yeah, half the city's just wiped out. Yeah, of course. So what happened to each of the ships involved in the sequence of events? The Emo, the one that you guys are saying should have yielded. Which yeah, well... We can talk, we will definitely talk about who's to blame in a second. It was carried by the tsunami and smashed into the shore. All but one on that ship died. So, wow, someone survived it. Yeah, only one person survived oh. a shipwreck and that blast. Yeah. Wow. The yeah, I'm not. I it's tricky talking about who's to blame. Who you know? Who knows? And that. But you, on the one hand, the guy going two two, get out of my way. But on the other hand, the other ship knew it was a. A floating powder keg. Yeah, could they have put up their little red flag just to be like, no, yeah. toot, toot. That's interesting you say that. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. But first of all, the tugboat, the Stella Maris. Oh, no, the little tugger. Well, it came back. So it was it actually part of the chain of events because it was in the wrong side and made the, oh, yeah, the emo go the wrong song. Sort of kicked it off. It uh, came back to help fight the fire because it saw the Mont Blanc on fire and oh. it came back to try and put it out. And uh, it was badly damaged when the ship did explode, not surprisingly. Yeah. 19 of the crew were killed, including Captain Brannon, but five managed to survive, even though it was really From right an up next close to explosion it. Yeah. That, that threw an anchor 5Ks or yeah. something. Oh, my God. And, of course, the Mont Blanc itself, well, despite being the ship that exploded, all but one of the crews survived because they were the really? one. They abandoned ship and then they So ran. they survived from... So hundreds of people died in the area and some people just on shore or do they keep running? They're like, it's about to explode. Get out of here. Well, a part of it was I think that the ship was on fire in one spot. They jumped off and then rode to the other side of the bay and then it kept floating down and it landed on a pier and the people that were closest by were definitely Yeah. The survivors were never – like how do you, you know, how do you move on from that? Well, I think like you – Oh, oh, yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, sorry, I was thinking, like, it has to depend on what's around you to also explode, like glass, or yeah. if buildings are damaged and something falls on you. But, it, yeah, it's it's amazing that the some of the crew lived. That's wild. Yeah, uh, amazing, isn't it? After the explosion and cleanup, there was, of course, an investigation to find out what the hell happened. At first, there were heavy rumours of the enemy Germany's involvement right. with whisperings of sabotage written about in the media. But that was How never... do you write in a whisper? Psst, psst. Just, just lo- really small writing? Yeah. Italics, small. Yeah. <laughs> read, read this in an alleyway. Huh? And put a little star in front of yeah. it. You know? All it says is, you didn't hear it from me, but... <laughs> <laughs> Signed, journalist, David Wanakew. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, but that was proven. That was never proven in any way to be true. It was just an accident. But the helmsman of the emo, Norwegian John Johansson, was arrested for behaving suspiciously, and this suspicion intensified when he was found to be carrying a suspicious letter written in the suspicious language of German. Oh, Ooh. yeah. It turned out that the letter was written in Norwegian, and he was Norwegian, so there was nothing sus about it at all. Right. Oh, yeah. He's just gone through this traumatic thing, yeah. and then he's been accused of being a Nazi. On top of that. Cool. Fun day for Johnson. <laughs> True. I mean, we'll not correct you that there were no Nazis in the First World War. 
Oh, First World War, yeah, of course. But well, that's how I don't know anything about Nazi, so I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Yeah, right. Yeah, forget that. Nazis aren't forever. Uh, there was an official investigation. Diamonds yeah. Oh. Diamonds are forever. Are they forever or a girl's best friend? Pick a tagline and stick with They're it, both, please. obviously. Oh. They're a girl's best friend forever. <gasps> yeah. Men come and go. Diamonds are forever. God, that's good. Great marketing. So good. Uh, there was an official investigation with the inquiry very much blaming the crew of the Mont Blanc for what happened. Why? It argued, a little bit what Matt said as his counter-defense before, that the, uh. because the crew knew how flammable and explosive the contents was, they should have done whatever was necessary to stop colliding with anything rather yeah. than giving a toot and just playing chicken. Should have mm. just cut the engine and been like, okay, let's just let this ship go around. They were charged with manslaughter, but these charges were all later dropped the main argument against them was, why the hell was the other ship in the wrong lane? Yeah, yeah. Why didn't they move? Yeah. And that kind of worked. The two ship's companies sued each other. The first trial again found that the Mont Blanc was 100% in the wrong, but on appeal it was found that both ships were equally to blame, and therefore, and that was at a higher court, I think it was the top court, therefore no one was ever convicted or held accountable for the fateful day. Wow. Far out. Crazy. Uh, for decades afterwards, the Halifax explosion became the standard by which all large blasts were measured and compared. Whoa! Even did, sorry, Dave. The two pilots did they survive? Because it feels like they're the two. Like ask them. About, yeah, if they if they didn't survive, like who you're fighting over who whose fault it was? I think the people whose fault it was probably died in the explosion. Yeah, but, well, because the Emo only had one survivor, so I don't think it was would have been the pilot, and then the other ship. Most of them survive, so. Oh, right. But I don't 100% know who. Right. Most of the Mont Blanc did, didn't they? Because they knew to abandon it. Yeah, run. they got away. Right. Only five Crazy. of them died. Oh, that's right. And all but one on the emo, yeah. Um, yeah, so for decades afterwards, people were like, oh, how big is it compared to the Halifax explosion? That was two. It was half a Halifax explosion. Even when describing the first explosion larger than it, the atomic bombing of Hiroshima, Time magazine wrote that the explosive power of the little boy bomb was seven times that of the Halifax explosion. So that that's crazy. Yeah. That's insane. That was the first, and that also broke the record for the largest casualties of a city. I think it was sixty percent of the city were Inhabitants were either injured or killed by that bomb. 60%. Yeah, absolutely crazy. Uh, lessons were learned from the Halifax disaster. Internationally, the incident influenced the adoption of stricter maritime laws regarding cargo identification and also harbour traffic control. Because mm. it sounds like the bloody cowboys yeah. need to obey the rules. Uh, a toot toot. A toot, a toot. A toot. There were also some minor positives to come out of the disaster in the long run. NASA actually has a great article on disaster response and recovery that I'll link to in the show notes if you're interested. And as well as the medical advancements I mentioned, they write about how one of the few positives that came out of the explosion was, quote, the influx of skilled laborers, money and attention promoted new developments in Halifax, a city widely regarded as steadfastly conservative before this. So it brought in a lot of new... New life. No doubt it put Halifax on the map. Well, people. It were... blew up the map, but. <laughs> people were talking. <laughs> the Halifax community, the Hel- what did I call them? The Halogenans, have not forgotten That's the disaster. That's a light bulb. <laughs> yeah, 
<laughs> I can't remember the word. Me uh, they've not forgotten the disaster, and I'd be interested to hear if we have any listeners in that area of the world. Well, one of them suggested it. Yeah, because I imagine if you or any of your family have ever lived there, with one in five people, surely your grandparents or your great-grandparents or whatever would at least know someone. Yeah, true. It's About recent that. enough that there'd still be connections. I mean, there always will be. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So t- totally, I'm sure there'd be people that'd be like, "Oh yeah, my great grandmother was, you know, alive at the time." Uh, mm. These days, the city remembers the disaster every uh, December the sixth with a dis- with a service at the Memorial Bell Tower located in Fort Needham Park, there in Halifax. But that is the story of one of the largest explosions in wow. history. That is. That's a, an amazing and awful story. I know. So I th- I I think this was probably. The record for the most deaths, do you think? What about what about the? Wasn't there a? Um, I suppose Chernobyl, that was on ongoing. No, people. I'm thinking of a uh, um, uh, uh, impaler. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Vlad. Yeah, how many? He had a lot, didn't he? Yeah. Fuck, he well, loved to impale. Lots of rumors about yeah him doing whole towns and things. So yeah. Yeah, but still, that's in, that's crazy. But yeah, it just feels it's so. Silly hearing about these things after the fact when you're like, that was so easy to avoid. And not even just like, oh, if a few things had gone differently. It would, it's like, no, if you just moved. If one thing had gone, oh, no, just one move. big thing had gone if, differently. Yeah, just Even if it was just scratching a boat real bad, yeah, even that feels like that should be enough of a reason to... Not want to smash into another boat. Your job is to get them around safely. Yeah. But good point that, like, you know you're carrying a lot of explosives, so get out of the way. You you would be yeah. precious about it, wouldn't you? Yeah, never play chicken. No. When you're on a bomb. They're going thinking, playing chicken with us? We're explosive. Yeah, you're an idiot. <gasps> We're explosive. <laughs> but it's too late. And they didn't know, so. Mm. Wow. Crazy, crazy times, and thanks to everyone that suggested that. Well done, Dave. What a story. Thank you. Thank Great you report. Well done, everyone. Hey, Dave, you want to mention briefly where we've got some live shows coming up in Sydney and Perth? That is absolutely right. We have a, and we're going to add some new shows very soon, possibly even announced next week. So stay tuned for that if you're not in Sydney or Perth. But Sydney, not this Saturday, the Saturday after September the 21st. It's a big Saturday night show at Giant Dwarf. We'd love to see you there. We had the best time last year, so we'll be there. First up, it's a show in two halves. You can come to both halves or just the first or just the second if you like. There's a <laughs> podcast, first of all. Then we'll have a little break, hang around. If you want to come say hey, that'd be really nice. And then uh, afterwards, we've got a little quiz or some late night shenanigans going on. You know, Saturday night would be about, what, 9.30 about that time? Everyone's I'm all a, about shenanigans. We've had a couple of beers. It's time for shenanigans. Woo! That's going to be me. Shenanigans. Hell. And um, if you like uh, comedy... And you like Perth and you like lounging. How about you come to the Comedy Lounge on November the 3rd, Sunday afternoon? I like all of those things. Really? Well, you'll be there because we're doing our show, our double show combo there. And tickets are available to both of these shows. Do go on pod.com. Can't wait. So pumped. Going to be fun. Yeah. You sound pumped. I we am pumped. Can't wait. So we genuinely pumped. do love coming to these places and doing doing these shows. So it's and it's always a lot nicer when there are people in the audience. I got to tell you, I got to tell you. But yeah. we do it to no one. Well, I mean, in a way, we're doing that now. Yeah. yeah. Is that what you were going to say? It's I'm just, so sorry. Just a lot more expensive for us because get out of my head. Usually, right. we don't have to pay for flights and accommodation stuff to record here. So yeah, but yeah. I got I got to pay for petrol. 
That's true. Drive my little Colin here, and he's full of explosives. That's why I parked so carefully next <laughs> to your car. Oh, no. <laughs> you scraped along the side. My benzol cans <laughs> fell over in the back. Yeah. Oh, dear. The studio's oh, no. gone now. My boot is full of cigarette butts slowly burning down. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't think it would be an issue. I'll stop smoking in the boot. <laughs> Just in the boot. It's my secret spot. <laughs> You know, it's a nanny steak. I can't bloody smoke anywhere anymore. Go just got to smoke in the boot. Smoke in my boot. My trunk for Americans. Yeah. We're talking about your trunk. <laughs> this brings us to everyone's favorite segment of the show. It's the fact, quote, or question. Fact, quote, or question. And to offer a fact, or quote, or question, you can become a Patreon supporter of the show at patreon.com slash pod. And there's a lot of different rewards you can get there, like bonus episodes. We're about to record one of those, which is a bit of fun. And also things like voting on topics. Uh, and you can also give us, or you also get to in, into the Facebook group, exclusive Patreon Facebook group. <laughs> and you can also offer a fact, a quote, or a question. If you're on the Sydney Scheinberg Rest in Peace Memorial Deluxe package level of mm. Patreon. Mm. And someone who has done that is Zach Dobrin. Hi, Zach. And one thing you get to do, as well as offer a fact, a quote, or a question, is give yourself a title. He, uh, Zach, was formerly the vice president of Procrastination, which um, is a club that we're all members of here, or at least me and Jess, I think. And Dave, what about you? You you a procrastinator? Oh, I'm very procrastinating. Yeah. And... (laughs) Uh, he's he's given away the title of uh, Vice President of Procrastination. Oh, really? Because I thought that if you're doing that job right, you should never get a promotion. <laughs> yeah. <But> now he has <laughs> called himself <laughs> the official day one Matt quote specialist. <laughs> day one. Day one. I'm so happy that you said that and that we ignored it and that you brought attention to it later on. Uh, you may have heard me say day one earlier. Uh, I, I don't know what, what that saying. was. Please don't bring it up again. Oh, man, I genuinely thought that that was a reference to something that I should get and that I didn't want to feel so like an idiot. So we just moved on. We just like, smiled just and moved went, on. <laughs> God, you're clever. What episode that, that was? Day one. That was the episode about a uh, race around the world, I'm pretty sure. Nellie Bly, wasn't Nelly it? Nellie Bly, yeah. Yeah, day one. <laughs> But yeah, people people did tweet in and stuff after saying, "No, nah, that made sense." I'm like, "Okay, well, whatever it seemed to make sense, that's what I meant." Yeah, <laughs> it's open to interpretation. Yeah, I'm like a Van Gogh painting. Is he one of those ones you interpret? Yep. <laughs> really? Oh, you look at a self portrait, you interpret. <laughs> Dave, right. art is subjective. Yeah, all those squiggly lines he does in the night sky. I see that as a night sky. I see it as worms. Really? Oh, because I see the title Starry Night, and I've got no idea what it is. Yeah, well, that's where the fun begins. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Zach, aka the official day one Matt quote specialist, <laughs> asks us a question. I never read these out until we're on air. Oh, this I is dangerous, questions. which I love. And his question is, what would happen if people put things like headbands and necklaces feet first instead of over the head? Kind of putting them on like pants, feet first, but just taking a scenic route to get to the head or neck. The worst part about this strange question, I'm completely sober, just very tired. (laughs) What would happen... Well, okay, he kind of goes on to answer it. Well, no, because what you're going to need is a material that's very flexible but also holds its shape well. Right. Otherwise, 
You're stretching a headband out over your hips, you yeah. your shoulders, the widest parts of the human body. <laughs> you're trying to wear a hula hoop for a mm. necklace. But then you've got to put it on your head so that it so that it secures your hair What's out of your face. something they can stretch real big and then shrink straight back up like a like some like almost as tight as a sphincter. <laughs> Hmm. Can't think of anything that has to stretch. <laughs> Maybe manganese. Manganese. Let's make it out of manganese. Yeah, I think that's the only option. D- what about? Okay, hear me out here. All right, we haven't even started yet. Put it we... over your your legs. Yeah, with your so far. Both legs at a time. Yeah. Over the hips, it gets up to your head, and a then... moment on the hips. Oh, this is going to be a lifetime on your lips because they it will get stuck on your lips. No, you get to the the head and then you because it's quite large. You wrap it around like a rubber band. You know how you you can. Well, I mean, uh, you can just talk about an infinity scarf at that point. What oh. the hell is that? I like so that. So they definitely exist, and you could definitely put those on feet first. Oh my okay, god! Let's is that the answer? Infinity scarf. Yeah, that's what I would guess happen. That's what would happen is everything would become infinity scarves or infinity necklace. Infinity scarves. Oh, infinity scarves. They, I think I'm embarrassed infinity... for anyone that wears these. Also known as snoods. Why? They look awful. Are they called infinity scarves? They just look like scarves. Is it because they loop together like the infinity yeah, it symbol? Just, it keeps I going. I get it. Wow. It just looks like a it. scarf, Dave. Oh, I think I'm embarrassed for anyone who wears a scarf. Dave, what kind of Melbourneite are you like? Do you even Melbourne, drink are you like? Do you even drink coffee? Do you even uh, go down do you, laneways? Do you like laneways at all? Do you like culture? Have I you don't... ever been to the grand final parade? <laughs> 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 Have you? Do you I even love... know who the king of Mumba was this year? <laughs> I live for Mumba. Well, who was the king? Uh, Graham Kennedy. It was Archie Roach. No, it wasn't. It was Archie. Archie. Thompson. Archie Thompson. Thank you. I love Mumba. I love Mumba. I love have... to mum. <laughs> Fireworks. I love, I love the Birdman Rally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Birdman Rally. <laughs> that is actually genuinely funny. It's very fun. to watch the highlights of. Um, <laughs> I'm afraid I do not. I don't think I like snoods. Am I saying that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, it's sure. fine. But for the but purpose like, of this experiment, you're absolutely right. That would work. But I mean, you're saying that, but you've seen me wear a scarf many times in yeah. the, around the UK. Do you wear snoods? 100. percent Not like that. Most of mine are. No. Do yes. you ever wear snoods in the nudes? <laughs> At home, of course. <laughs> Yours don't look like that. You when look I'm, much nicer. Are you now on my Facebook trying to look at pictures of me wearing a scarf? No, I'm re-googling infinity scarf. I say you're never fully dressed without a snood. <laughs> on your hood. <laughs> oh, hello. <laughs> anyway, let's move on. Uh, thank you so much, Zach, to... you bloody legend. And let me just say to you, day one. <laughs> day one to you too, sir. Zach, we have a mate, just come up to me, nod and say, a day one. And I'll say, a day one to you. And everyone else, don't do that because otherwise it'll ruin it. Yeah, and then we'll be like, Zach? (laughs) (laughs) It won't be Zach. And then one day, Zach will be lining up, ready to do it. Yeah, Zach, and then it'll be like. Someone in front of him will say it and we'll be like, yay, this is Zach, our friend. And then Zach will come up and try it and we'll be like, security, get this imposter out of here. Yeah, so it's just not worth it. Don't do that. Have you just found a photo of a maxi snood? Oh, I've, I've just... He's go- seen a snood with buttons and it's no good. Tell me that that looks good. No, it doesn't, but she's cosy as fuck, I'll tell you that. That's yeah, true. that looks cosy. I, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that made me spit for some reason. Send us a photo of you in your coziest snood. <laughs> but only if you're in the nood. <laughs> no, no nudies. No nudies. Anyway, let's move on to the next part. Of- Wrap a snood round your pud. 
What are you calling pud? Yeah. <laughs> what? Whatever, whatever I'm pudding Whatever junk it. you got. <laughs> okay. Your junk is your pud. Yeah. Um, I have an idea of what we'd like to do because what the other thing that we do at the end of the show is that we like to thank some of our Patreons who support us on patreon.com forward slash do go on pod. And do I- not use the backslash, please. Oh my god, how disgusting. <laughs> um, this is a PG show. <laughs> <laughs> what do you reckon we are? M A? Yeah, yeah, do uh, one pod.com. Probably, yeah. Well, I don't think we yeah, maybe M M A. M no what's M A? Violence. Yeah. High impact violence. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, the good yeah well there are some it can be violent. Probably depends on the episode. Depends on my mood. Yeah. Um uh so what I, I would like to do is we, we usually like to have play a little game, give people Something related to today's show, and I would like to name their boat. Okay. Can we do that? I oh, think we've fantastic. done that before, but I mean, who doesn't want a boat? Yeah. Yes. Nah, can they all be tugboats? Oh, yeah. Like that. So we get to name them, and we get to name what they tug. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, I'd love to kick it off if that is okay with Please. you. Please. From Toronto in Canada, Kaiser Grillheim. What a that ca- wow. is that your real name? That is so close to Kaiser Wilhelm. Yeah, I, it feels punny. Is it a punny name? Wilhelm. Is Kaiser, that a pun? Kaiser Grillhelm. Is that a pun? Grillhelm. I mean, it could be Kaiser's real name if it is. Fantastic pun work from your parents. What because Kaiser? What does Kaiser mean? Is that that's like I'm, I was going to say chief, but Kaiser chiefs they're not the chief chiefs, are they? Yeah, I think they are. <gasps> Holy moly! I've cracked. The is code. that the joke, or is it King? King oh, Chiefs. King Chiefs. Kaiser probably knows. It's probably Chief. yelling it at their yes. device. It's the emperor, so yeah. It's right. a emperor so it is Chiefs. like a king. So The King Chief. So, Jess. Yes. What kind of boat and name and what's it tugging? What's it tugging today? Uh, okay, so it's a tugboat. Yeah. Um, I want to keep going with the with the regal theme. Okay. Okay. Perhaps it's called the Regal Eagle. Oh, oh Regal the Eagle. The SS Regal Eagle? No, because it's a tugboat. They're not SS, are they? Well, and once you start adding SS and Eagles together, I'm starting to think Nazis again. Oh, please. Kaiser Grillhelm. <laughs> we are not implying anything. So yeah. They got rid of the Kaisers by the, by the Nazi era, right? They, right? Yeah. Yeah. Is Regal Eagle okay? Regal I Eagle love is it. amazing. I love it. Thank you so much. The Regal Eagle, what does it tug? Oh, it's tugging a train. Oh. Weirdly, a train. Is the train like alongside the canal? Aqua train? Yep. Oh. Yes to both of you. Like it's the, the tracks are right next to the water and it's just moving along. Yeah. Yeah, the train broke down and uh, the little tugger was like, I got you. I got oh, you, buddy. Here, catch this rope. And then away they went. I Love assume it's it. just a little rope. That's cool. Hey, thank you so much, Kaiser Grillhelm. Oh, I bet you he has... A, a burger chain over there. That'd be oh. great. Kaiser Grillhelm. And there's like uh, their symbol instead of Kentucky Fried Chicken Man. Uh, instead, they've got like a small handed, <laughs> small handed uh, German man with a pointy hat. Okay. <laughs> thank you, Kaiser. I'd also love to thank from Essendon, not too far from here, Claire Aldridge. Claire? Oh, Claire Aldridge. Hello. Hello, Claire. Um, so Essendon, uh, famous for a few things, a defect, a d- direct factory outlet shopping centre, an airport, 
and the Essendon Bombers Football Club. Bombers, explosives. Yes. Whoa. Uh -oh. They the footy grounds was called Windy Hill. You don't want that. Those kind of conditions. No. We should call this ship mat. Ship mat. I like it. <laughs> this is yours, Dave. Oh, okay. I think that we should call it the. Um, I'm going to call this SS. Okay. Fine. Steam ship. Well, is that what it's for? <laughs> Santa Monica. Okay. Oh, Steamship Santa Monica. That sounds nice. And they are tugging uh, discount jeans. Oh, great. All the way to Essendon. SSJJs. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. Giving the people what they need Claire in this time. Aldridge. Thanks so much, Claire Aldridge, over in Delivering the jeans, delivering the goods. Everyone needs Moving dinner. some units. Can I thank some people too? Yes, please. Uh... I would like to thank from, oh, where's this? Uh, Bermondsey in London. Oh. David Fisher. Oh, hello, David. Oh, Fisher, great ship name already. <laughs> yeah. yeah, true. But it's, are you thinking tugboat still? Uh, yeah. What are you naming David's tugboat? I'm calling... Whereabouts is he from? Uh, London. London. Okay. Bermondsey. Because um, Tugger... Tugger was the nickname of Steve War. So I'm wondering... Uh, Who's the famous Aussie cricketer? Yeah. So from London, he'll know this, I think. Because actually, do they care about... They don't really care about cricket in England, do they? Not this week after we beat their asses nearly <laughs> half the time. <laughs> <laughs> Nearly after <laughs> time. Simpsons reference there, that's, but that's good stuff. That is good, good stuff. But we we did just retain the Ashes. Would you believe it? But they did just beat us in the World Cup. So it's um anyway. So maybe the uh it's a tugboat called the SS oh. Iceman because that was one of his other nicknames. Oh, that's oh. good. I like that a lot. Iceman's maybe, cool. And maybe it tugs. Yep. Icebergs. Oh. Out of harm's way. Oh, so nice. no icebergs were harmed in the making of this ocean. Yes. They're not, that's not to protect the ships. <laughs> to, protect to protect the, the icebergs. icebergs. Yeah. That's nice. Nobody ever thinks about the icebergs. And much like, what was, what was our man's name? Again? David Fisher. David Fisher. And much like an iceberg, David Fisher, there's a lot more to him than what's up, what mm. you can see up top. Oh, absolutely. Mm. You know what I mean? Well, you're looking at 10% of the real man. Yeah. He's got depth. Yeah. That's why they call him the Onion. He's got layers. Oh, God. He's got so many nicknames. <laughs> the Iceman, the Onion, it's the Fisher. The Ogre. Fisher Amongst Men. You know, I I remember a Fisher Amongst Men. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Greg Hunt? No. Yep. Greg Hunt. <laughs> Greg Hunt, the environment minister. <laughs> the health the ex, ex environment minister. Oh, who am I thinking of? Rex. Rex Hunt. <laughs> yeah. Rex. Kissed him and uh, put him back. Yeah, I imagine our health minister is also kissing him and putting him back. Oh. Good on you, Greg Hunt. He was the one that uh, liked a porn tweet accidentally in the middle of the night, then blamed it on a bot. And Australian <laughs> comedian Greg Larson has not let him forget it. I love Tweets him regularly. <laughs> Greg Larson. He's always asking about it. <laughs> Remember that time you... <laughs> <laughs> and, there was, and Greg has tweeted, I don't know if this is true, but there was apparently an investigation that found that there was no... Yeah, bot. really wasted... Wasted. Um, yeah, no shit. Allegedly. <laughs> anyway, I, I thank you very much to David Fisher. I would also like to thank from Cornwall. Oh, Cornwall. Oh. They do pasties right and scones roam. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love to thank Mr. Josh Merch. 
Josh Merch. Josh Merch. Merch. Oh, Merch. Merch. M-U-R-C-H, Merch. Oh, Merch. Oh, love that. From, merch. Oh, he's Cornish. Doing them, doing uh, scones your way. Is that right? No, I'm a Devon. Oh, doing I'm scones our, our way, way. Good on you, Josh. I knew I could trust you. Someone asked a really good question about this recently when I saw because it, it gets posed a lot, and I, my side's always on the, on the losing end of these battles. I might have even been on the Patreon Facebook page. But then someone asked the question, what kind of cream? And this is key. When I say cream on first, I'm talking super thick cream. The only <laughs> the only kind of cream I'd put on a scone. Who's on first? Clotted. Cream. <laughs> clotted, clotted cream. Clotted cream. Not yeah. like a whipped cream in a can. No, not, no. no not some of the soppy shit you get in the <laughs> down aisle number nine. No, you got to whip that shit yourself. I'm talking, yeah. What, what, get out of whisk. Yeah, please. Earn it. Earn, earn that cream. Earn it. you got to earn it. Earn Naomi it. Higgins and I made scones together recently. Wow. We whipped some cream. How thick was it? Oh, it was pretty damn thick. Nice one. T-H-I-C-C. I, I whipped it like 95% of the way. and I, my, You know how your arm goes really uh, really tired when you're whisking? Oh, yeah. oh yeah. I know that. Yep, know that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> Hashtag relatable. <laughs> Everyone knows that feeling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, I can't whisk no more. Yeah, and so Naomi was like, well, I'll have a go because that's what you do. You share it. And then she does 5% of the work. The cream's done. I was like, you son of a bitch. It's helping me out there at the end. But then I got to eat scones. <laughs> Claiming all the credit. Anyway, Josh, Josh Merch. We like you. Okay. Well, I feel like he's got to be on that beautiful little tugboat. The, what is it? SS the only one? What are, The HMS. Mm. Oh, yeah. The HMS Cream Dream. Dream. Thank mm, you. Yeah. The Cream oh, the Dream. Cream. That sounds gross. No, that makes me feel hungry. Oh, oh no. If, if me I too. Could, if I could put... Oh, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matt. If you could... What do you want to do? I'm just, I'm just thinking, like, if I had to pick one ingredient to put on a scone, jam can fuck off. I'd ha- be happy with just cream. Okay. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, what is, what's that's jo- my cream dream? What's just, <laughs> what's just towing in the cream dream? Uh, he's he's towing people's hopes. Wow, it's a <laughs> metaphorical towing. No, no, literally, he's literally towing. So he, he's the dream bringer. So you uh, order a hope. You go, you know what I'm hoping for today? A sheep with a hat. <laughs> and he'll tow that to you. He'll tow you a sheep with a hat. It's right. going to be a physical thing. Dave, can you just... He sounds like Santa on he's the water. Like, he's Santa of the seas. <laughs> can you just take over and thanks All right, people, Thanks please? so much. I'd like to thank someone. He's so loopy, they call him the fruit of the sea. <laughs> I would like to thank fruit of the season. I would like to thank That is not an okay thing anymore. Sorry about that. My soy boy levels kicked in there. Let's not call. Anyway. Shut up. Make it gotta I gotta make a quick call. <laughs> uh, I would like to thank from Lang Warren here in Victoria, Alana Chitzio. Oh, great name. I'm so stoked we got a Langy listener. Oh, cool. I got a bunch of my old schoolmates live in Langy. Really? All right, well, you should name the ship. Beautiful neck of the woods. Tell me a bit more about Lang Warren. Well, Lang Warren, you sort of you push, you're starting to push towards the rural, mm. regional edge mm-hmm. uh, of the city of Melbourne, the greater city of Melbourne, and and my well, what they like to do is they they're the kind of guys that love go out going out four wheel driving. 
They'll go out four-wheel driving on a weekend. What they love to do is go down tracks, get bogged, winch them <laughs> each other out. Like a tugboat. Drive another, yeah, basically drive another 20 metres, get bogged again, winched again. They're the tugboats of the land. Yeah, dude, they are. I never so, thought about that. They're so, the tugboats of the land. It sounds like such a horrible way to spend a weekend. But they love it. And then they end up, the, the, you know, they'll end the day with a, a campfire and a few beers and, and they, they can't wait to do it again. I watch the videos they post on Facebook and I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I'm full, I love the nature around it. I like the end of the day. They watch what you do and go, what? really? Yeah, no, they okay. would. I guess so, yeah. yeah oh, the what a nightmare. You post of you sitting indoors. <laughs> oh, look at, look at this roof. Mm. All these sealed roads he seems to drive on. Look at him. He hasn't moved for hours. <laughs> Well, He's doing something called a Netflix binge or something. He's watching The Good Wife again. So maybe she's on the SS Land Cruiser. Oh, Yay. that's nice. And she's tugging her mate's tugboat. Yeah. Getting her out of trouble. That's right. Alana Chizio. I hope that's how you do it out there in Langy. Good love on you, it. Alana. Thanks so much. Appreciate your support. Beautiful part of – I love those areas of Melbourne where you just – you there's a bit more space around and – you can drive not very far and you're in the bush. So good. I'm kind of, yeah, I'm occasionally jealous of that, but then it's also a long way into the city from there. Yeah. Yeah. The wrong traffic, it'll take you an hour. And there's no Uber Eats options. It's like, oh, fuck that. Oh, yeah, mean? you turn on Uber Eats and it says, we are yet to be yeah. in this no, area. They're, like, they're not, I don't know where, they're in Melbourne. They're just in the, oh, in I, the outer I wasn't talking about Lang Warren. Oh, you're talking about the bush. <laughs> Wow. Dave. Finally, I'd like to thank. I'm not sure if this is a bush Half era. the episode this week was the report. <laughs> the other half's been the sealed section of the back here. <laughs> well, I'd like to thank from uh, Overton, Overtown, they'd probably say, in North Lanarkshire, Great Britain, Ross Garrard. Ross, oh, Ross Garrard. Ross Garrard. Ross Garrard. I like that's, that. that's a great name. Hard G, you reckon? Mm. It's not a Gerard. Ross Gerard. I'm, I'm not no, Garrard. No, it's a hard G. Ross Garrard. Oh. Who is driving, piloting the HMAS Seagull? Oh, oh, that's nice. Tugging a big load of potatoes. No, it's tugging seagulls. Oh, it's tugging seagulls. <laughs> wow. There's a boat of seagulls and they're here to take over. <laughs> oh, my God. Wow, the and pilots at Seagull as well? Yes. Well, why is Ross helping? Has he been... He's a seagull. He's a seagull. <laughs> Our favourite seagull listener, Ross Garrard. You <laughs> threw an A in there. What? What? Tell, explain to me what's going on there. HMAS as opposed to the HMS. Or is there no HMS? Is uh, that a CD? I think it's HMAS. Shop? HMAS is the Australian <laughs> HSV. One. Right. Yeah, I think it's... HMV, like, yes. Is it HMV? <laughs> Fuck. Yeah. I think it's a, it stands for Australia, the A, right? Oh, right. HMAS. Yeah, because that rings. HMAS. Her Say it like Majesty's that. ship. Australian right? ship. Right. Matt, Rather than HMAS. Like HMAS. Yeah. <laughs> I got the volume. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you so much, Ross Garrard. And thank you to Kaiser, Claire, David, Josh, Alana, Ross for supporting us and t- being the boss. I tell you what, I'm tugging all the way to U6. Jesus Christ. Love from the bottom of my stop heart. Stop it. Oh, do not tug your love. No. Wait, what? Matt. I'm tugging a boatload of love to oh, him. Stop. Oh, a boatload? Oh, Jesus. Oh, my God. We were just talking about tugging boats. Stop <laughs> it. 
Put it away, mate. What is wrong with you? Whoa. My feelings. Oh, it's that's not that I didn't know it was oh. such a toxic environment oh. in here. Can't a man Stop. wear his heart on his sleeve? Oh, seal, you're a sealed section indeed. Oh, God. Uh, but if you want to be one of these people that we we tug, uh, go to dogoonpod.com or patreon.com slash dogoonpod and uh, we will greatly receive your support. <laughs> Thank you so much, everyone. <laughs> You keep us going, you bloody legends, the patrons. Oh, my God, the patrons are our tugboat. Yeah, they're tugging this pod along. Oh, yeah. That is so true. <laughs> Wait, no, Dave. <laughs> in a wholesome way. Dave's in a really pervy mood. Oh, that's not true. It Dave, is true, you little perv. Not, yeah. it's, it's no pervier than usual, can we just say. I reckon it's the beard. <laughs> yeah, it's made you even pervier. It's the beard made me... Boob. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, get out. Get out. Just wrap it up. Say, wrap it up. Let's the go. The beard made me a sex person. and I said the boob. <laughs> Let's get out help, of here. Help, everyone. Help. Help. Um, if you want to support the show by just following us on a bunch of social medias, you can do that at, uh, at Dougal on Pod on nearly everything out there. And uh, it's uh, we've got a YouTube channel as well. There's videos. You can see our mouths move. Yes. There's a few, yeah, a few good live ones gone up recently. Few good ones. That's right. the one where we recorded in the Brisbane Airbnb. Oh yeah, so that, that should be up now. So check that out, and uh, yeah, follow us, all that kind of stuff. Uh, we got an email: do go on pod at gmail.com if you want to drop us a line. Subject: Hey guys, beautiful. We appreciate that. And um, until next week, we'll be back with another hopefully fantastic episode. But no until pressure. then, I'll say thank you for listening and goodbye. Later. Bye, boob. <laughs> I can't believe I said it. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.